Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, welcome to Politico Tech. Today is Wednesday, September 20th. I'm your host, Stephen Overly. UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt has a goal that seems improbable, because it very well may be. Well, Stephen, we're already Europe's Silicon Valley. We have a greater concentration of AI tech, life science, entertainment businesses than anywhere else in Europe. Um, But... We would like to be as big as the mothership, if I can put it that way, and we think we've got enormous potential. That's right. Hunt believes the UK can become a tech hub on par with San Francisco. And he sees the country's bench of AI companies and researchers as key to helping it get there. I spoke with Hunt for today's Politico Tech as he kicks off a multi-day visit to the West Coast, a charm offensive he hopes will draw US firms closer to the UK. And it's all part of the UK's much broader ambition to emerge as a global leader in AI development and regulation. Part of what I'm doing is strengthening those links between our tech sector in the UK and the US, which is obviously the global leader. But part of it is I want to have discussions with key players in the US ahead of the AI safety summits that the Prime Minister has organised for November about where we need to go um, with AI in particular because enormous opportunities, also big risks. The UK is third in the world for AI investment, innovation and implementation. We have about a third of the European startups and we are a global leader when it comes to regulation. It's something we've you know, we're known for in the UK. So we want to use this AI safety summit to work out what is the smart regulatory structure that will make sure that AI is a brilliant thing for humanity and not a risk. And does this goal um, to, to build your own tech sector to, to strengthen these links between the US and the UK tech industries, doesn't that goal in some ways put you in direct competition with the US when it comes to tech and and specifically things like AI development? I don't think it does um, because that's not really the relationship between the UK and the US. I mean, you've got um, one of the world's big three AI companies, DeepMind, which is headquartered in London, owned by Google, Alphabet, I should say, and it's where Alphabet is centering its global AI research. So, of course, there's healthy competition as there is in Silicon Valley itself between the the tech giants. But I think the way they look at the UK is they say, here's a country with three of the world's top 10 universities, an incredible amount of really interesting research going on here. Uh, They want to be part of that. And I should also say that, um, you know, when we talk about um, being the world's next Silicon Valley, we aren't just talking about tech, we're also talking about life sciences, medicines and treatments discovered in the UK during the pandemic. And we were the first country to approve a COVID vaccine. And again, we have about a third of the European life science startups. And we think that's an area where the interaction between life sciences and tech is really about the use of data, and how that's going to transform Mm. our understanding of, of the human body and how diseases mutate. So that's another very important part of the mission. 
When you're on the West Coast, I know you'll spend part of that time in Seattle meeting with senior executives at Microsoft and Amazon. Who are you expecting to meet with at those companies? And what's your message to them when you get in the room? Well, my message to them is that we want to talk about much deeper collaboration with the UK. I'll be meeting the CEOs of most of the big companies. And I'll be talking about what the UK has to offer and how we can deepen those partnerships. What I'll really be saying is, look, this is an incredibly exciting period in terms of tech development, and we want to be a smart partner to you as you work out your expansion plans. So will you be sort of asking these CEOs to, to open new offices or, or hire more staff in the, in the UK? Is that kind of, or, or more investment perhaps? Are those all asks on the table? I don't need to do that. I mean, they're already investing more in the UK than they're investing anywhere else. Um, but um, I will be talking about the kind of new areas where we're all figuring out exactly what needs to happen. And, um, you know, there is a role for government. I'm, I'm very conscious of Ronald Reagan saying the nine most frightening words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And I don't want to fall foul of that. But there are very important things that governments do. For example, making sure that there's a good skill base. And we have a visa regime in the UK, which means that any graduate of any of the world's top 50 universities can automatically get a visa to come to the UK without having a job. And we want to continue to attract the brightest and the best. Uh, We've increased our investment in research by more than any other major countries in the last eight years. And we have a very competitive tax regime. So, But I think probably the biggest area that they will want to discuss with me Uh, which I think is the most interesting area, is our regulatory environment. Because, you know, as you all know, we have a huge debate in the UK about Brexit. Mm -hmm. Whatever side of that debate you are on, what you end up with post-Brexit is the UK has total regulatory autonomy. Uh, So we, we have control over the regulations in all our key growth industries. And we want to have the smartest pro-innovation regulatory regime incredibly quick and fast. And and that's why they will want to talk to me, because as a government minister, I obviously have uh, a direct impact on what that regulatory regime will be. So that's the intention. Um, you know, we're very proud of the fact that we've got more unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden put together. Um, mm. We're raising more equity capital than anywhere else in Europe. And um, We've got some incredibly exciting research happening, but um, we want to um, you know, deepen the partnership in every possible way. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is moving forward with a slew of new regulations that put products like semiconductors, electric vehicles, modern healthcare technology, and clean energy at risk. Chemistry is essential to our modern lives, creating products to help foster a more sustainable and competitive future. The Biden administration must change its course and work with manufacturers on science-based policies that protect American innovation. Learn more at chemistrycreates.org. Are you worried at all about the regulatory environment uh, coming out of the UK potentially harming prospects for investment? I, I know there has been some pushback, for instance, on proposed digital markets rules. And so I, I wonder if, you know, the regulatory environment you're establishing in the UK post-Brexit 
in any way conflicts with this ambition to be the next Silicon Valley and attract uh, more investment and more interest from these companies? Well, I think we will be very honest with the tech giants that I meet that we want a pro-innovation regulatory environment. And that means an environment that works for thriving new startups and challenges. And probably the best example of where the UK has got this right is fintech, where um, proportionate to the size of the country, we have more challenger banks than anywhere else. They've been startlingly successful. There's a number of unicorns amongst them. And I just don't think anyone would argue that that has been really harmful to the big UK banks like Barclays and Lloyds and HSBC. Um, what it's done is it's increased competition, it's increased innovation, it's been good for customers, it's been good for the big players as well as for the challengers. And that's really what we're looking for. That's when we talk about a, a smart regulatory environment. It's one which has room for the Starlings and the Revoluts and the Monzos alongside those big giants. Well, you'll be stopping in Silicon Valley, I know. Who are you uh, meeting with there among the uh, the big U.S. tech giants? I haven't got the list in front of me right now, but it's it's CEO level at uh, most of the uh, the big ones. I'm going to L.A., San Francisco, and Seattle, so it'll be a pretty packed few days. Google, Meta, the the names that we all we all know. Absolutely. You mentioned the AI summit coming up in the fall. I know that's a big priority for the UK government. I, I imagine when you're meeting with the CEOs, you'll be encouraging them to attend that summit. My colleagues in London reported that the UK is planning to include China as part of that AI summit, um, despite some objections from the US and Japan, the EU. Why do you think it's important that China is part of that event? Well, we're not going to invite China to every single part of the summit. Um, and we recognize that the, uh, the free world democracies will want to go on a different journey when it comes to AI regulation because we have different concerns about privacy and uh, we will reflect that in the way that we go forward. But there is a bigger question about China, which we all have to be honest about. China, uh, despite the many things that we disagree with in that regime, is not going to go away. And the choice we have is do we try and engage constructively where we can? And there will be areas when it comes to the future of AI where despite our disagreements with China, if there's common ground, it will be beneficial to humanity because otherwise we'll be regulating for something amongst the democracies and they might be doing something completely different that undermined that in their world. So I think it is, you know, it is important to talk to people you disagree with on something like AI to see if there is common ground, because that is, in the end, going to be the way that we try and maximize the benefits for everyone. What do you say then to those who, who view inviting China as legitimizing some of its more harmful uses of AI, things like surveillance and suppression that have been pretty well documented? Well, it doesn't do that because, you know, we're going to be very open in our discussions about AI safety as to what we don't consider to be acceptable. And, uh, you know, there are any number of things. But um, if you're trying to create structures that make AI something that overall is a net benefit to humanity, then 
you can't just ignore the second biggest economy in the world. Um, that doesn't mean that you make any kind of compromises with your values, but sometimes dialogue can be beneficial. Is there any hope that uh, as part of in, including China in, as you said, parts of the summit that they might change some of their practices or you might be able to influence some of the, the harmful ways in which they've implemented AI? Well, put it this way. If you don't have any kind of dialogue with them at all, then you will have absolutely zero influence. So the reason why you open the door to a limited dialogue is because you are trying to test whether there is common ground. Obviously, common ground with, with China may be the most difficult to find. When it comes to other countries that will be participating, including the U.S., how do you try to find alignment with other countries while also, as you said, pursuing a pro-innovation regulatory regime that keeps the U.K. competitive? You know, is there a conflict between trying to achieve both kind of global unity as well as sort of the U.K. leadership on regulation? Well, the U.K. is sixth biggest economy in the world. We're not an economic superpower in the way the United States is. But we do have a lot of global influence. When people see the UK as a country that is trying to bring the countries of the world together to sort out global problems, and we've got a long tradition of doing that, for example, in, in the area of climate change. And um, this is another area where you know the role that we've often exercised in the world as, as a medium-sized country rather than a large country is trying to find that common ground in an issue that everyone knows really matters. So I think we will see UK economic diplomacy at its best. And if we can find agreement as to the way to get the most out of AI, but maintain safety standards, um, that's got to be good for everyone, including the UK. Well, so between, you know, now this visit here to the US uh, and November, when you'll be hosting the UK AI Summit, what should we expect to, to see and hear from the UK government in terms of new AI rules or, or sort of new uh, efforts to get, get to that kind of unified future you're speaking of? Well, I think what you're going to hear is much more flesh on the bones as to how we intend to capitalize on our, uh, our great future as uh, Europe's Silicon Valley and our journey to being a, a science superpower. You won't just hear about AI, you'll hear about fintech, crypto, deep tech, life sciences, gaming, entertainment, all these different really exciting sectors. And by the end of the year, we're aiming to publish an economic plan which will show how um, we're going to make the UK a global leader in the industries that are going to grow the fastest in the 21st century. That's our, our strategy for the UK, and it's where we've traditionally had great strengths. Well, Chancellor, I thank you for, for being on Politico Tech, and you'll have to come back and talk to us between now and November when you host the world. Thank you very much, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. That's all for Politico Tech today. For more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech. Music in today's show comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our senior producer is Annie Reese. Our editors are Steve Heuser and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overly. I'll meet you back here tomorrow. <laughs>